38, is also, in one respect only does the writing betray any marked deviation from the rest of the notes, especially those treating on scientific questions, namely, in these observations he seems to have taken particular pains to give the most distinct and best form of expression to all he had to say, we find erasures and emendations in almost every line, he proceeded, as we shall see, in the same way in the sketches for lepers to Giuliano de' Medici, and what can be more natural, I may ask, than to find the draft of a leper thus altered and improved when it is to contain an account of a definite subject, and when personal interests are in the scale, the finished copies as sent off are not known to exist, if we had these instead of the rough drafts, we might unhesitatingly have declared that some unknown Italian engineer must have been, at that time, engaged in Armenia in the service of the Egyptian Sultan, and that Leonardo had copied his documents. Under this hypothesis however we should have to state that this unknown writer must have been so far one in mind with Leonardo as to use the same style of language and even the same lines of thought. This explanation might as I say have been possible, if only we had the finished letters. But why should these rough drafts of letters be regarded as anything else than what they actually and obviously are? If Leonardo had been a man of our own time, we might perhaps have attempted to account for the facts by saying that Leonardo, without having been in the East himself, might have undertaken to write a romance of which the scene was laid in Armenia, and at the desire of his publisher had made sketches of landscape to illustrate the text. I feel bound to mention this singular hypothesis as it has actually been put forward scene number 1336 note 5, and it would certainly seem as though there were no other possible way of evading the conclusion to which these letters point, and their bearing on the life of the master. Absurd as the alternative island but, if, on a question of such importance, we are justified in suggesting theories that have no foundation in probability, I could suggest another which, as compared with that of a fiction by Leonardo, would be neither more nor less plausible, if island moreover the only other hypothesis, perhaps, which can be devised to account for these passages, if it were possible to prove that the interpretation that the documents themselves suggest, must be rejected a priori, this may not Leonardo have written them with the intention of mystifying those who, after his death, should try to decipher these manuscripts with a view to publishing them, but if, in fact, no objection that will stand the test of criticism can be brought against the simple and direct interpretation of the words as they stand, we are bound to regard Leonardo's travels in the East as an established fact, there is, I believe nothing in what we know of his biography to negative such a fact, especially as the details of his life for some few years are wholly unknown, nor need we be at a loss for evidence which may serve to explain at any rate to some extent the strangeness of his undertaking such a journey. We have no information as to Leonardo's history between 1482 and 1486, it cannot be proved that he was either in Milan or in Florence. On the other hand the tenor of this letter does not require us to assume a longer absence than a year or two, for, even if his appointment off Fidio as engineer in Syria had been a permanent one, it might have become untenable by the death perhaps of the defterdar, his patron, or by his removal from office, and Leonardo on his return home may have kept silence on the subject of an episode which probably had ended in failure and disappointment. From the text of number 1379 we can hardly doubt that Leonardo intended to make an excursion secretly from Rome to Naples, although so far as has hitherto been known, his biographers never allude to it. 
In another place number 1077 he says that he had worked as an engineer in Friuli. Are we to doubt this statement too? Merely because no biographer has hitherto given us any information on the matter, in the geographical notes Leonardo frequently speaks of the East, and though such passages afford no direct proof of his having been there, they show beyond a doubt that, next to the Nile, the Euphrates, the Tigris and the Taurus Mountains had a special interest in his eyes, as a still further proof of the futility of the argument that there is nothing in his drawings to show that he had traveled in the East. We find on place CXX a study of oriental heads of Armenian type, though of course this may have been made in Italy, if the style of these lepers were less sober, and the expressions less strictly to the point throughout. It may be possible to regard them as a romantic fiction instead of a narrative of fact. Nay, we have only to compare them with such obviously fanciful passages as number 1354, NOS, 670-673, and the fables and prophecies. It is unnecessary to discuss the subject any further here, such explanations as the letter needs are given in the footnotes. The drafts of letters to Lodovico Ilmoro are very remarkable. Leonardo and this prince were certainly far less closely connected, than has hitherto been supposed. It is impossible that Leonardo can have remained so long in the service of this prince, because the salary was good, as is commonly stated. On the contrary, it would seem, that what kept him there, in spite of his sore need of the money owed him by the prince, was the hope of someday being able to carry out the project of casting the Grand Cavallo. Drafts of letters and reports referring to Armenia 1336, 1337, 1336, to the D.A.V.A.D.A.R. of Syria, Lieutenant of the Sacred Sultan of Babylon, the recent disaster in our northern parts which I am certain will terrify not you alone but the whole world, which footnote, lines 152 are reproduced in facsimile on place CXVI, 1, Diodorio, this word is not to be found in any Italian dictionary and for a long time I vainly sought an explanation of it. The youthful reminiscences of my wife afforded the desired clue. The chief town of each Turkish vilayet, or province such as Brusa, for instance, in Asia Minor, is the residence of a Deftardar, who presides over the financial affairs of the province. Deftardar Hain was, in former times, the name given to the Ministry of Finance at Constantinople, the Minister of Finance to the port is now known as the Mali Nazri and the Deftardars are his subordinates. A Deftardar, at the present day is merely the head of the finance department in each provincial district. With regard to my suggestion that Leonardo's Diodorio might be identical with the Deftardar of former times, the late MCDFRMRI, Arabic professor, and Membre de l'Institut de France wrote to me as follows, Voter conjecture is the parfaitament fundi. Diodorio is the equivalent de divinarilu plus exactement divinar. Tighter than important did night in Egypt. Suleiman Luke's. The word however is not of Turkish, but of Perso-Arabic derivation. Deftra written in Arab. Literally Deftra Arabic meaning folio, for D.A.R. Persian bookkeeper or holder is the English equivalent, and the idea is that of a deputy in command, during the Mamluk supremacy over Syria, which corresponded in date with Leonardo's time. The office of Deftardar was the third in importance in the state. Sultano di Babylonia. The name of Babylon was commonly applied to Cairo in the Middle Ages. For instance Breidenbach. Itinerarium Hierosolimo page 218 says, At last we reached Babylon. But this is not that Babylon which stood on the further shore of the river Chaber, but that which is called the Egyptian Babylon. 
It is closed by Cairo and the twain are but one and not two towns, one half is called Cairo and the other Babylon. Once they are called together Cairo Babylon, originally the town is said to have been named Memphis and then Babylon. But now it is called Cairo. Compare number 1085. 6. Egypt was governed from 1382 till 1517 by the Borgite or Cherkassian dynasty of the Mameluk Sultans. One of the most famous of these, Sultan Kitbay, ruled from 1468-1496 during whose reign the Gomorrah Mosque of Kitbay and Tomb of Kitbay near the Ocala Kitbay were erected in Cairo, which preserve his name to this day. Under the rule of this great and wise prince many foreigners, particularly Italians, found occupation in Egypt, as may be seen in the Viaggio di Josephat Barbaro, among other travelers. Next to Leonardo so I learned from Professor Jack. Burkhardt of Bailkit Bay's most helpful engineer was a German who in about 1487, superintended the construction of the mole at Alexandria. Felix Fabry knew him and mentions him in his Historius Wivorum, written in 1488. 3. I am accident accaduto, or as Leonardo first wrote and then erased, e accaduto nuovo accident. From the sequel this must refer to an earthquake and indeed these were frequent at that period, particularly in Asia Minor, where they caused immense mischief. Scene number 1101 note, shall be related to you in due order, showing first the effect and then the cause. Footnote 4, the text here breaks off. The following lines are a fresh beginning of a letter, evidently addressed to the same person, but, as it would seem, written at a later date than the previous text. The numerous corrections and amendments amply prove that it is not a copy from any account of a journey by some unknown person, but, on the contrary, that Leonardo was particularly anxious to choose such words and phrases as might best express his own ideas. Finding myself in this part of Armenia footnote 5, Party Dermenia, scene number 945, note, the extent of Armenia in Leonardo's time is only approximately known. In the XBDH century the Persians governed the eastern, and the Arabs the southern portions, Arabic authors as, for instance Abulfida include Cilicia and a part of Cappadocia in Armenia, and Greater Armenia was the tract of that country known later as Turkomania, while Armenia Minor was the territory between Cappadocia and the Euphrates, it was not till 1522, or even 1574 that the whole country came under the dominion of the Ottoman Turks. In the reign of Selimai the Mameluk sultans of Egypt seem to have taken a particular interest in this, the most northern province of their empire, which was even then in danger of being conquered by the Turks. In the autumn of 1477 Sultan Kitbay made a journey of inspection, visiting Antioch and the valleys of the Tigris and Euphrates with a numerous and brilliant escort. This tour is briefly alluded to by Mubshirdin page 561, and by Wheel. Jeskitch de Darabay Sidon v. page 358. An anonymous member of the suite wrote a diary of the expedition in Arabic, which has been published by Arbiyalanzioleni Vijo in Palestina e Soria di Kaidba XBII Saltino dell'I Dynastia Mameluca. Fatonel 1477. Testo Arabo. Torino 1878. Without notes or commentary. Compare the critique on this edition. By JGILDMEIS Dear in Zetrif de Deutsch and Palestina Marines Volume L page 246-249. Lanzoni's edition seems to be no more than an abridged copy of the original. I owe to Professor Schieffer, Membre de l'Institut, the information that he is in possession of a manuscript in which the text is fuller, and more correctly given. The Mameluk dynasty was, 
as is well known, of Circassian origin, and a large proportion of the Egyptian army was recruited in Circassia even so late as in the XBBH century. That was a period of political storms in Syria and Asia Minor and it is easy to suppose that the Sultan's minister, to whom Leonardo addresses his report as his superior, had a special interest in the welfare of those frontier provinces. Only to mention a few historical events of Sultan Kitbey's reign, we find that in 1488 he assisted the Circassians to resist the encroachments of Aladalay, an Asiatic prince who had allied himself with the Osmanli to threaten the province. The consequence was a war in Cilicia by sea and land, which broke out in the following year between the contending powers. Only a few years earlier the same province had been the scene of the so-called Caramanian War in which the United Venetian, Neapolitan and Sclavonic fleets had been engaged. Ciciorae Eleano Cipipiaicio, Della Guerra de Ivanazione nel Asia Decalator 1469-1474, Venezia 1796. Page 54 and we learn incidentally that a certain Leonardo Boldo, governor of Scutari under Sultan Mahmud, as his name would indicate, one of the numerous renegades of Italian birth played an important part in the negotiations for peace. T.U. Miles Mandasti, the address T.U. to a personage so high in office is singular and suggests personal intimacy, Leonardo seems to have been a favorite with the Diodorio. Compare lines 54 and 55, I have endeavored to show and I believe that I am also in a position to prove with regard to these texts, that they are drafts of letters actually written by Leonardo, at the same time I must not omit to mention that shortly after I had discovered these texts in the Codex Atlanticus and published a paper on the subject in the Zetrift Verbild and Kunst Volume XBI, Professor Govai put forward this hypothesis to account for their origin, Quanto alli notizi sel monitoru. Salermenia e Salasia minor che si contengono negli altri framidi. Esse venerable presidia qualci geographer o viaggiatore contemporaneo. Dallindicin perfetto che accompagna che framidi. Esse potrebbe dedur che Leonardo volse farn in libro. Che poi non ven computo. Adni modo. Non e possibile di trovare in questi brani nessun indizio di un viaggio di Leonardo in Oriente. Northeast della SUA conversione alla religione di Maometto. Come qualcuno pretendrebbe. Leonardo Romava con passione studi geografici. Enel suo escritisin contra speso itinerart. Indicazione. O descrizione di lui. Shizzi di cardia bozi topographici di Marie Regni. Nani quindi strano che egli. Abile narrator camera. Si fos proposto di scrivere una specie di romanzo in forma epistolare svolgendo un pentreccio nell'Asia minor, intorno alla quale i libri dura, e forse qualche viaggiatore amico suo, gli avevano somministrato alcuni elementi più o meno fantastici, si transiti della reale Academia di Lince voi, Visir, 3. It is hardly necessary to point out that Professor Govai omits to name the sources from which Leonardo could be supposed to have drawn his information, and I may leave it to the reader to pronounce judgment on the anomaly which is involved in the hypothesis that we have here a fragment of a romance, cast in the form of a correspondence. At the same time, I cannot but admit that the solution of the difficulties proposed by Professor Govai Island under the circumstances, certainly the easiest way of dealing with the question. But we should then be equally justified in supposing some more of Leonardo's letters to be fragments of such romances, particularly those of which the addresses can no longer be named. Still, 
as regards these drafts of lepers to the diodoreal, if we accept the romance theory, as proposed by Professor Godai, we are also compelled to assume that Leonardo purposed from the first to illustrate his tale, for it needs only a glance at the sketches on Pi. CXBI to CXIX to perceive that they are connected with the texts, and of course the rest of Leonardo's numerous notes on matters pertaining to the East, the greater part of which are here published for the first time, may also be somehow connected with this strange romance. 7. Siddhi Kalindra Chalindra. The position of this city is so exactly determined, between the valley of the Euphrates and the Taurus range that it ought to be possible to identify it but it can hardly be the same as the seaport of Cilicia with a somewhat similar name Selendries, Calendria, Selendria, Kilindria, now the Turkish Kilner, into Catalonia and Portulans in the Nail in Paris one dating from the XVH century, by Wilhelm von Soler, the other by Olivis de Majorca, in L584 I find this place called Calandra, but Leonardo's Calindra must certainly have lain more to the northwest, probably somewhere in Kurdistan. The fact that the geographical position is so carefully determined by Leonardo seems to prove that it was a place of no great importance and little known. It is singular that the words first written in one, eight word of Isodekalidra Lago Lake Van, altered afterwards to Dalitfrates, Nostri Confini, and in one, six Proposito Nostro, these refer to the frontier and to the affairs of the Mameluk Sultan. Lines 65 and 66 throw some light on the purpose of Leonardo's mission. 8. Corny del Grumo Toro. Compare the sketches by CXVI CXVII. So long as it is I am possible to identify the situation of Kalindra it is most difficult to decide with any certainty which peak of the Taurus is here meant, and I greatly regret that I had no foreknowledge of this puzzling topographical question when, in 1876, I was pursuing archaeological inquiries in the provinces of Aleppo and Cilicia, and had to travel for some time in view of the imposing snow peaks of Bilgarda and Aletepisi. 9.10. The opinion here expressed as to the height of the mountain would be unmeaning, unless it had been written before Leonardo moved to Milan, where Monterosa is so conspicuous an object in the landscape. For or inanzi seems to mean, four hours before the sun's rays penetrate to the bottom of the valleys, to carry into effect with due love and care the task for which you sent me, and to make a beginning in a place which seemed to me to be most to our purpose. I entered into the city of Kalindrathi, near to our frontiers. This city is situated at the base of that part of the Taurus Mountains which is divided from the Euphrates and looks towards the peaks of the great Mount Taurus to the west. These peaks are of such a height that they seem to touch the sky, and in all the world there is no part of the earth higher than its summit and the rays of the sun always fall upon it on its east side, for hours before daytime, and being of the whitest stone it shines resplendently and fulfills the function to these Armenians which a bright moonlight would in the midst of the darkness, and by its great height it outreaches the utmost level of the clouds by a space of four miles in a straight line. This peak is seen in many places towards the west, illuminated by the sun after its setting the third part of the night. This it island which with you footnote 14, Oppresso di voi. Leonardo had at first written Enoli as though his meaning had not been, this peak appeared to us to be a comet when you and I observed it in North Syria at Aleppo, at Indus. The description of the curious reflection in the evening, resembling the alpine glow, is certainly not an invented fiction, for in the next lines an explanation of the phenomenon is offered, or at least attempted. We formerly in calm weather had supposed to be a comet, 
and appears to us in the darkness of night, to change its form, being sometimes divided into or three parts, and sometimes long and sometimes short, and this is caused by the clouds on the horizon of the sky which interpose between part of this mountain and the Sunday and by cutting off some of the solar rays the light on the mountain is intercepted by various intervals of clouds, and therefore varies in the form of its brightness. The divisions of the book footnote 19, the next 33 lines are evidently the contents of a connected report or book, but not of one which he had at hand, more probably, indeed, of one he purposed writing. The praise and confession of the faith footnote 20, persuasione di feed, of the Christian or the Mohammedan faith, we must suppose the latter, at the beginning of a document addressed to so high a Mohammedan official, predica probably stands as an abbreviation for predicazione lat, predicavio in the sense of praise or glorification, very probably it may mean some such initial doxology as we find in Mohammedan works, comp, 1, 40, the sudden inundation, to its end the destruction of the city, the death of the people and their despair, the preacher's search, his release and benevolence description of the cause of this fall of the mountain footnote 30, ruin del Monet, of course by an earthquake, in a catalogue of earthquakes, entitled Cashthas al Shale Benaus Fizzle and written by Jello Eden, the mischief it did, fall of snow, the finding of the prophet, his prophesy, the inundation of the lower portion of eastern Armenia, the draining of which was effected by the cutting through the Taurus Mountains, how the new prophet showed footnote 40, know the prophet, 1, 33, prophet, Muhammad, Leonardo here refers to the Quran, in the name of the most merciful God, when the earth shall be shaken by an earthquake, and the earth shall cast forth her burdens, and a man shall say, what leave her, on that day the earth shall declare her tidings, for that thy Lord will inspire her, on that day men shall go forward in distinct classes, that they may behold their works, and whoever shall have wrought good of the weight of an ant, shall behold the same, and whoever shall have wrought evil of the weight of an ant, shall behold the same. The Quran, translated by G. Sale, chapter XCIX, page 452, that this destruction would happen as he had foretold, description of the Taurus Mountains and the river Euphrates, why the mountain shines at the top from half to a third of the night, and looks like a comet to the inhabitants of the west after the sunset, and before day to those of the east, why this comet appears of variable forms, so that it is now round and now long, and now again divided into two or three parts, and now in one piece, and when it is to be seen again, of the shape of the Taurus mountains, I am not to be accused, O Devadur, of idleness, as your chidings seem to hint, but your excessive love for me, which gave rise to the benefits you have conferred on me is that which has also compelled me to the utmost painstaking in seeking out and diligently investigating the cause of so great and stupendous an effect, and this could not be done without time, now, in order to satisfy you fully as to the cause of so great an effect, it is requisite that I should explain to you the form of the place, and then I will proceed to the effect, by which I believe you will be amply satisfied. Footnote 36 Taliadi Monitoru, the Euphrates flows through the Taurus range near the influx of the Karashai, it rushes through a rift in the wildest cliffs from 2,000 to 3,000 feet high and runs on for 90 miles in 300 falls or rapids till it reaches Telek, near which at a spot called Glycash, or the Heart's Leap, it measures only 35 paces across, compare the map on place CXIX and the explanation for it on page 391. 
Footnote 54, the foregoing sketch of a leper, lines 5, 18, appears to have remained a fragment when Leonardo received pressing orders which caused him to write immediately and fully on the subject mentioned in line 43. Footnote 59, this passage was evidently intended as an improvement on that immediately preceding it. The purport of both is essentially the same, but the first is pitched in a key of ill-disguised annoyance which is absent from the second. I do not see how these two versions can be reconciled with the romance theory held by Professor Godai. Do not be aggrieved, O Devitor, by my delay in responding to your pressing request, for those things which you require of me are of such a nature that they cannot be well expressed without some lapse of time, particularly because, in order to explain the cause of so great an effect, it is necessary to describe with accuracy the nature of the place, and by this means I can afterwards easily satisfy your above-mentioned request. Footnote 62, this passage was evidently intended as an improvement on that immediately preceding it. The purport of both is essentially the same, but the first is pitched in a key of ill-disguised annoyance which is absent from the second. I do not see how these two versions can be reconciled with the romance theory held by Professor Godai. I will pass over any description of the form of Asia Minor, or as to what seas or lands form the limits of its outline and extent, because I know that by your own diligence and carefulness in your studies you have not remained in ignorance of these matters, and I will go on to describe the true form of the Taurus Mountain which is the cause of this stupendous and harmful marvel, and which will serve to advance us in our purpose. This Taurus is that mountain which, with many others is said to be the ridge of Mount Caucasus, but wishing to be very clear about it, I desired to speak to some of the inhabitants of the shores of the Caspian Sea, who give evidence that this must be the true Caucasus, and that though their mountains bear the same name, yet these are higher, and to confirm this in the Scythian tongue Caucasus means a very high peak, and in fact we have no information of their being, in the east or in the west, any mountain so high and the proof of this is that the inhabitants of the countries to the west see the rays of the sun illuminating a great part of its summit for as much as a quarter of the longest night, and in the same way, in those countries which lie to the east, of the structure and size of Mount Taurus, the shadow of this ridge of the Taurus is of such a height that when, in the middle of June, the sun is at its meridian, its shadow extends as far as the borders of Sarmatia, twelve days off, and in the middle of December it extends as far as the Hyperborean Mountains, which are at a month's journey to the north, and the side which faces the wind is always free from clouds and mists, because the wind which is parted in beating on the rock, closes again on the further side of that rock, and in its motion carries with it the clouds from all quarters and leaves them where it strikes, and it is always full of thunderbolts from the great quantity of clouds which accumulate there, once the rock is all riven and full of huge debris footnote 77, sudden storms are equally common on the heights of Ararat. It is hardly necessary to observe that Ararat cannot be meant here. Its summit is formed like the crater of Vesuvius. The peaks sketched on place CXVI CXVII are probably views of the same mountain, taken from different sides, near the solitary peak. Place CXVII these three names are written Goba, Hernagasar, Karuda names most likely of different peaks. Place CXVI and CXVII are in the original on a single sheet folded down the middle, 30 centimeters high and 43 one too wide. On the reverse of one half of the sheet are notes on peso and bilancia weight and balance. On the other are the prophecies printed under NOS, 1293 and 1294. It is evident from the arrangement that these words are written subsequently, 
On the space which had been left blank, these pages are facsimiled on place CXVII. In place CXVI CXVII the size is smaller than in the original, the map of Armenia. Place CXVII is on place CXIX slightly enlarged. On this map we find the following names, beginning from the right hand at the top, Periards and Ophor Periadres Mons, Arm, Parkar, now Barkal or Kolaida, Trebizond is on its slope, Aquilo North, Anatoros Anatoros size and more probably meant for Thospenes Lake Van, Arm, Gothvani, Tospoi, and the mountain range to the south, Gordes and Mo Mountains of Gordia, the birthplace of the Tigris, Orient East, Tigris, and then, to the left, Euphrates, then, above to the left are Geoimonaurdshigas, an extinct volcano, 12,000 feet high, Selenoimono doubt Sultan Bat in Pisidia, Selino is the Greek town of Kiovoxi area 29, I now the ruins of Dinier, Orient East, Africa Libesco for Lebecio Southwest, in the middle of the Euphrates River on this small map we see a shaded portion surrounded by mountains, perhaps to indicate the inundation mentioned in L35, the affluent to the Euphrates shown as coming with many windings from the highland of Urgeo on the west, is the Topmasu, which joins the main river at Malishi. I have not been able to discover any map of Armenia of the XVDH or Svet century in which the course of the Euphrates is laid down with anything like the correctness displayed in this sketch. The best I have seen is the Cataloma on Portulan of Olives de Majorca, executed in 1584, and it is far behind Leonardo's. This mountain, at its base, is inhabited by a very rich population and is full of most beautiful springs and rivers, and is fertile and abounding in all good produce, particularly in those parts which face to the south. But after mounting about three miles we begin to find forests of great fir trees, and beech and other similar trees. After this, for a space of three more miles, there are meadows and vast pastures, and all the rest, as far as the beginning of the Taurus is eternal snows which never disappear at any time, and extend to a height of about 14 miles in all. From this beginning of the Taurus up to the height of a mile the clouds never pass away, thus we have 15 miles, that island a height of about 5 miles in a straight line, and the summit of the peaks of the Taurus are as much, or about that, there, halfway up, we begin to find a scorching air and never feel a breath of wind, but nothing can live long there, there nothing is brought forth save a few birds of prey which breed in the high fissures of Taurus and descend below the clouds to seek their prey. Above the wooded hills all is bare rock. That island from the clouds upwards, and the rock is the purest white. And it is impossible to walk to the high summit on account of the rough and perilous ascent. 1337. Footnote, 1337. On comparing this commencement of the letter L12 with that in L3 and 4 of number 1336 it is quite evident that both refer to the same event. Compare also number 1337 liters 10 liters 2 and 17 with number 1336 liters 23, 24 and 32. But the text number 1336, including the fragment L34, was obviously written later than the draft here reproduced. The diodorio is not directly addressed the person addressed indeed is not known and it seems to me highly probable that it was written to some other patron and friend whose name and position are not mentioned, having often made you, by my letters, acquainted with the things which have happened, I think I ought not to be silent as to the events of the last few days, which, having several times having many times rejoiced with you by letters over your prosperous fortunes, I know now that, 
as a friend you will be sad with me over the miserable state in which I find myself, and this island that during the last few days I have been in so much trouble, fear, peril and loss, besides the miseries of the people here, that we have been envious of the dead, and certainly I do not believe that since the elements by their separation reduced the vast chaos to order, they have ever combined their force and fury to, 